The late uh, 19th century, century uh, philosopher, philologist, uh, Friedrich Nietzsche, um, in his text, uh, Beyond Good and Evil, spoke about the morality that existed in Western civilization at the time. It was still hanging on, although it was dying out toward the end of the 19th century. It's now almost dead, um, which was, of course, the, the Christian morality that he said elevated the slave over and against the master, the weak against the powerful, that it, it uh, elevated the idea that weakness should be, uh, should be honored or celebrated and strength should not. This was his perspective. And he um, predicted quite accurately that in the future, as modernity crumbled, it would lead to something um, much different where the strong would be truly celebrated and that the strong would be allowed to basically do whatever they wished because they were the strong, they were the powerful, and they ought to simply because of that power. And that the weak were weak and they deserved to be weak. And the ubermensch, the overman, deserved to be strong. Thus it should be. And we see in our culture this exaltation of strength, egotism, narcissism. That the human person who is the strongest, who shouts the loudest, who has the strongest narrative, is the one who wins, is the one who gains power. And it's everywhere. Gosh, it's everywhere. I mean, it's on sports talk radio. It's on the news. It's on, it's on everything. It's everything. If you just shout the loudest, and if you are the strongest, it doesn't matter what's true. It doesn't matter what's right. If a person is the strongest, they usually get their way. Now, contrast that with our three readings today. In the first reading, you have Ezekiel, and the prophet Ezekiel, and he's being called to go and be a prophet. Nobody signed up for this job. You can't get somebody to volunteer to be a prophet because they, you know, usually ended up dead or persecuted. Their job was to go to God's people who had fallen away and tell them what they were doing wrong. That's something we all like to hear, right? This is why you're wrong, right? You love homilies like that, right? <laughs> Gee, Father, thanks. Um, you know, and so the, but the prophets were charged with this. I mean, look at Jonah. He tried to get away and, and a fish ate him. He ended up being vomit from a fish. I had this uh, anecdote, anecdote here. I had this, I'm just telling you, you five. I had this professor in... Uh, seminary, and he said, never aspire to be the vomit of God. <laughs> Words to live by. <laughs> I think he meant something like, don't run away from what God desires for you, something like that. Anyway. Okay, so Ezekiel didn't want to be a prophet. God says, go and be the prophet. And Ezekiel's like, I'm weak. I'm weak. How can I do what you're asking me to do? Do it. I will give you strength. So we, we have this acknowledgement of weakness. In the gospel, same thing, an acknowledgement of weakness from Jesus himself. 
Not the only time that he would experience weakness in his human nature. He goes back home. He'd been teaching. They had heard about him. There he is in the synagogue. He's teaching. He's doing a good job. And they're saying, well, he's doing a really good job. And then somebody says, yeah, but don't we know that guy? I mean, we grew up with him. We know his family. He's familiar to us. And so they began to discount him because they knew him. And the familiarity is what led them to, to not having faith. Nah, he couldn't possibly do anything good or extraordinary. We know him. I think we've all had this experience. You know, those of you who have, who have grown children and have tried to get them, you know, to baptize your grandkids know exactly what I'm talking about or you try to get them to go to church, or you just try to get them to say their prayers. If you say anything, no credibility. For the most part, they just won't listen to you. You might say, well, Father, is it different for you with your family? No, I can't say anything. My sister used to lock me in the basement. (laughs) She denies it, but I remember it. I remember it. You know, and, and so it, and they're, they're a great family, but, you know, I'm limited because of the familiarity of what I can really say. You know, she could, well, you were a jerk to me for, you know, 48 years of your life. I've had one good year. <laughs> right? So we know how that familiarity works. And so Jesus has the same experience. We know him. And and we're told he couldn't do any works there because of their lack of faith. There would be no point for him to do any works there. It's not that he lacked the power. He's God. He didn't lack the power. But he understood it was pointless. It was pointless to continue to preach. It was pointless to continue to perform, you know, miracles or signs. They didn't have faith. The point of the miracles isn't, for the healing. The point of the miracle is for faith. Anytime that we've had this experience of God, a lot of us have, many experiences of God, they're not meant merely for the experience itself. They're meant to bolster our faith. That's supposed to be the fruit. And so the Lord Jesus knew weakness in in what he was limited of being able to do. And then, of course, the pretty famous, familiar uh, reading from St. Paul. Because of the revelations given to him, in other words, because he had been given so much from God, he believed God also allowed some sort of sinfulness, or as he says, this failure or this weakness, this angel of Satan to beat him. You know, most scholars believe it was some kind of sin that he just couldn't couldn't get past, couldn't get past it, and it kept him humble. And because he couldn't get past it, he he finally reconciled, you know what? The Lord wants me to know weakness. And it wasn't just in that. There were many other examples of Paul experiencing weakness. But he believed that the experience of weakness was integral to his ability to be faithful and to follow the Lord that in fact made him more like Jesus to know that weakness.
And so what, what Nietzsche and many others don't understand, and of course, you know, he wouldn't, being an atheist, he also went mad at the end of his life. Um, maybe not because of his writings, I don't know. Oh, it was syphilis. Never mind. Anyway, it was. <laughs> Way too much history for this early in the morning. Anyway, what he doesn't understand is that, you know, with, with Christianity, we have a completely different sort of relationship with God because we have this outlook toward eternity, right? We have this understanding that, that we can do a certain amount. You know, we ought to work hard in life. We ought to try to achieve in life. There's no sense in, you know, playing a football game if you don't intend to win, there's no sense in starting a business unless you decide to do well or you, you choose to be successful. There's really no point in doing anything if we're not going to try to do our best. However, we always recognize that it's never completely on us. There's only so much we can do. And how many times have in life have we run up against our own weakness? We think we're doing really, really well, and then bam! We're filled with this understanding of our lack, what we don't have, the mistakes we make, the, you know, the, even, if we're, even if we're doing our best, all of a sudden we're hit with weakness. My heart is very heavy this week. We have, uh, we have a number of parishioners from this little town north of Edmonton, Alberta, called Marinville, little town of about 10,000. And um, their church was burned down this last week. You may have seen it on the news, a, a church of about, I think, 114 years old, historical site. And uh, we, have, uh, we have parishioners of ours who right now are watching us from there, and parishioners who, who live in the parish from that parish. And just the, the feeling of weakness that they must have. I mean, if you saw the pictures, they're just absolutely devastating. How many hundreds of people have been baptized and married and, you know, received their sacraments in that church, and it's gone, completely gone. And so for, the, for those of you watching from home in Marinville and Alberta, you know, I want you to know that we are with you. We're united with you. You're a part of our family. And we're praying for you this day. But the weakness that you feel is not the end of the story. You see, what happens in our weakness is it creates this space for God to do something great. You know, we, we've probably experienced, maybe not in the same way as, as the people of St. Jean Baptiste up in Marinville, but we've all experienced that desolation, that need for God, that lack of understanding of where do I go next? How do we move forward? How do I move forward in my life given this circumstance? 
But if we're faithful, if we trust in God, which is what he wants, of course, then he can perform miracles. Then he can do great deeds if we just have faith. And so the the people of Marinville at this time will need to band together and support one another. And God will bring great good out of suffering. And each one of you, in your desolation, in your weakness, in your suffering, it creates a space for God to do something great within you. Your weakness, your sinfulness, your sufferings are never the end of the story. They're only a beginning of what God might do. So let us be strong. Let us be faithful. Let us not lose hope in our Lord, for he is always faithful to us. Please stand.